Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Americans across the nation will celebrate Juneteenth. Well, the actual holiday is on Sunday, the 19th. Uh, and it is a holiday that uh, African Americans have observed for a long, long time. Uh, and we're going to talk about why it matters to all of us. Uh, no matter our race, no matter our background, and how we can use this holiday uh, holiday as an opportunity to come together as a country. Uh, for historical context, of course, uh, even though the Emancipation Proclamation was made effective in 1863, it uh, couldn't be implemented in places till still under Confederate control. So as a result, the westernmost Confederate state of Texas, enslaved people would not be free until much later. And that freedom ultimately finally came on June 19th, 1865, uh, when some 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas. The Army announced that the more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state were free by executive decree. The day came to be known, of course, as Juneteenth. And that's where, how we got to where we are. And so as we look at how we can celebrate that, what are the crucial conversations we need to have to properly honor Juneteenth and make it a uniting moment for the country, for our communities? And one of my favorite people on the planet that I've been able to associate with and connect with over the last several years is Reverend Amos Brown. You've heard me talk about Reverend Brown on this program before. He is the 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. And importantly, the very first time I met Reverend Brown, uh, we talked about the fact that he was one of the last students, one of the last students to be trained by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Reverend Brown told me what it was like to be in that class. It was engaging, enlightening, encouraging, and very much mirrored his uh, empathetic spirit of being with the marginalized and those who had been wronged by public policies of a nation that preached about democracy but did not live democratic principles with African-Americans in particular. So rising to the principles that we profess to believe, uh, I think is important for all of us because that's an ongoing thing. Uh, It's not just what somebody else did or did not do. 
It's what have you done or not done today? And Reverend Brown always emphasized that. He actually calls it uh, tangibilitate, that we have to make these principles real by living them. And so when we talk about part of our nation's history where we have failed to live up to the principles we profess to believe, uh, that is both a look back, but it's also a look in the mirror today. I asked Reverend Brown uh, what important lessons he learned specifically from Dr. King. But he always expounded Dr. Brightman's theory of personalism. What does it mean? That every human being is a person imbued with worth and dignity. And one should never treat a person wrongly or in a prejudicial way because of any accidental external features. As long as that person was just not breaking the law, it was our obligation morally to respect that person. I love that. Personalism, that every human being is a person of worth and dignity, that we would never treat a person wrongly or in a prejudicial way uh, because of those features or background. And so we have to get past all of that. Now, I have to tell you that the very first time I met Reverend Brown uh, was during an NAACP convention in Detroit, Michigan. And it was an impromptu opportunity to have this conversation. Uh, At the time, Uh, President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was going to deliver a keynote speech to the NAACP convention in Detroit. And in this impromptu conversation and interview with Reverend Amos Brown, he actually compared the experience of the early Latter-day Saints to African-Americans through two hymns, uh, through one that's familiar to Latter-day Saints, Come, Come Ye Saints, and one that has become a national anthem, Lift Every, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Take a listen. Our two national hymns, Lift Every Voice and Sing, and Come, Come, You Saints, are not about celebrating war, bombs, missiles, and strife on a battlefield. But these two songs are about a people who in spite of being oppressed for various reasons, excelled, achieved, and remained loyal to this country and loyal to their God. Uh, that's Reverend Amos Brown from the 17th pastor of the historic 17th Baptist Church of San Francisco. Uh, he also talked about an, another important thing, and that is how he and President Nelson have developed this friendship and how they have linked and locked arms to do good and to make a difference. It can be well in this nation when we lock arms, as I locked arms with President Nelson, not as black and white, not as Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, a Baptist, but as children of God who are about loving everybody and bringing hope happiness, and good health to all of God's children. One of my favorite people, Reverend Amos Brown, again, uh, 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. Uh, So many great lessons in terms of what we actually do together, uh, that it's not about uh, 
looking back. It's not about becoming bitter. It's about becoming better together. And we do that by linking and locking arms, putting past in the past, and then recognizing where are we, where do we want to go, and what are we going to do together to actually get there. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.